This is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, Woodside. My name is Connie, and I'm going to be speaking to you this morning, continuing the series, Prophets Speak, words for now from the heart of God. And over the last few weeks, we've been encouraged to remember, to listen, to trust, to receive and rejoice in God. And this morning, the title of this preach is Wait. We're gonna be going from the book of the Bible called Isaiah. And Isaiah himself was a great prophet. He was someone who was would hear from God and share the message with God's people. And it's one of the ways in which we believe God speaks to us and very much believe that he still speaks to us today. And um, I would encourage you to ask him to speak to you this morning. Isaiah was written 700 years before Jesus came. And it was words spoken to God's people who were in a real difficult time. The chapters leading up to chapter 40, which we're going to look at, were full of challenge, conviction on the people of God for their ways, but also difficulty because the surrounding nations, Assyria and Babylon, were threatening and attacking God's people. Unfortunately, God's people did not look first and foremost to him. They were asking Egypt to come and to help them. They were not consulting, trusting or waiting on God. They were also in trouble because they had taken their eyes off of God, who he is and what he is capable of, who he has called them to be. But God, in his mercy and kindness, sent Isaiah to bring a word of comfort to them. And that's what we'll look at today. I'm hoping that these verses and this talk are real encouragement to God's people, me included, that we are to wait on God and in doing so, our strength will be renewed. We're going to go from Isaiah 40, 25 to 31, and this is what it says. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary or tired, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Father God, I thank you for such an amazing promise that those who wait on you will renew their strength. God, you are magnificent, you are mighty, and you are incredible. I thank you that you do not grow weary or tired. I pray, Lord, that this message would be received by us all and fix our eyes on you. Okay. I'm going to let you into a bit of a secret. 
I don't actually like waiting. When I was pregnant with my first daughter, I got to 30 weeks of pregnancy and I told my midwife, right, that's it. I am ready for her to arrive now. My ankles are massive. I'm rolling out of bed like a whale. I'm ready for her to come. But my midwife nearly leapt out of her chair at me to say, we don't want that yet. We want you going to full term. Baby needs that. But in my eagerness, in my desire to not wait anymore, I felt ready for her to come. Also, another time of waiting for me was when I went for my interview for university. One person had said, oh, you'll hear back within a couple of days. It was over a week before I heard back and it felt like such a stretched out long time of waiting. Other times in life where we think, oh gosh, you know, queues at the supermarket or do we go through McDonald's drive-thru or into the shop in, you know, which cuts down the waiting time. But I trust that I'm not the only person who doesn't really enjoy waiting. We see it reflected in society, full box sets already available for binge watching on Netflix, digital downloads of books in an instant. There is even now a flight, a one-way, sorry, I mean a continuous flight from the UK to Australia. It's cut the waiting time down from 24 hours to 17. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing, you know, knocking seven hours off your flight or travel time is a gift. Yet, waiting is now considered to be something to be avoided or to be designed against for companies. But how we and society view waiting is very different to how the Bible views it. Our unchanging God spoke over 2,700 years ago saying, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. So why is it that something we can find so challenging and unnatural and at times very difficult, how come that is something God is calling us to do to renew, in order to renew our strength? Well, for waiting, it produces faith. Christian waiting on God produces faith. It strengthens our dependence upon our strong, loving Father and who in turn strengthens us. God redirected um, the people in Isaiah's day back on him, his attention, their attention back onto him and strengthened their faith. So where does this faith come from? The verses, first and foremost, point our attention and our focus back to God. The passage makes us consider who God is and in turn, then who we are. We are created. Our lives are finite. They will come to an end. We are dependent upon sleep and food and um, sunshine to keep us strong and support. When it talks about even young men will grow weary and faint, it's referring to top athletes, people at the prime of their physical health, yet even they grew tired and weary. Even they could not sustain themselves continuously in the way that God can. You see, God is different. When God said to Isaiah, Isaiah to whom do you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One, it wasn't a question, it was a statement. 
because in saying, says the Holy One, no one else is holy. He is saying, I am set apart, I am different. It says that God is the creator to the ends of the earth. He was before creation and he will remain after creation. It is by his great power and his mighty strength that not one of the trillion stars are missing. In Colossians 1 verse 17, it says he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. He also knows all things. When the people of God said to him, you know, my way is hidden from you. My cause is disregarded by my God. God saying, how can you say that? Do you not know? Have you not heard? He knows everything. He sees it all. And actually, it was a bit of an insult to God to say that because God cares incredibly and has demonstrated that in mighty, mighty ways. God knows each of our causes and concerns as though we were the o- as if we were the only person on earth. These verses display the majesty of God. They reflect who he is and in turn they anchor our faith. In Colossians 2 verse 17, oh sorry verse 7, it says let your roots go down into him and let your lives be built on him then your faith will grow strong in the truth. It's by knowing God and who he is that our faith is strengthened. And that's what these first verses are saying. Look at me. God is saying, look to me so that your roots can go down in knowledge of me and your faith will be strengthened. We, when we grasp something of the majesty of God and, the, and his greatness, we see why we are to wait on him and not on ourselves. So what is meant by wait? It is not the same as merely sitting, waiting for a bus or waiting for your takeaway to arrive. The Hebrew word translated, the word wait translated, which will come up on screen because I don't know how to pronounce it, but it means to bind together. So those who bind together with the Lord will renew their strength. We see this same call mirrored in the Gospel of John where Jesus said, those who abide in me, I will abide in them. Waiting in God is proactively building our lives around him and with him. So what is the effect of waiting on God? One of the reasons we wait on God is that it develops our character shaping the people we are. As parents, we want to provide for our children. We want to give them um, enjoyment through receiving things, but they need to learn and we need to learn. Not everything comes at the time we want it to. There is a lesson in waiting. Currently, one of my daughters would like an Instax camera, which is a bit like a Polaroid camera, and she would like a laptop but we have chosen for her to wait for those because in waiting, it builds character, it builds robustness. It helps us through learning lessons in life that not everything comes instantly. The Bible speaks so much about perseverance and trust and hope and endurance and humility and hope and faith. 
all of which is reflected in our character and all of which is achieved through waiting. God is concerned with our characters. He does not want us chasing the immediate pleasures of this life. Allowing sin in in that way and potentially affecting our relationship with him, indulging the desires of our flesh with immediate instant reward. There is a waiting that goes on within us as Christians that develops our character and makes us more like him. Waiting is good for our souls. It causes us to lean on God. I have recently rediscovered the joy of having quiet times and what I mean by that is time with God in the quiet. I was in the habit of snatching moments to pray, snatching moments to read the Bible, but one thing lockdown afforded me was some more quiet time and also good encouragement from friends to get up and spend some time with God. There is a place for checking in with God quickly throughout the day, but in terms of soul rest and strengthening in him, you need to provide yourself time with God in order for him to strengthen you. And this was something I learned afresh again. I am a student nurse and what a year to be training to be a nurse. Um, during a lockdown, um, as second year nurses, we were invited to choose to opt in to work a placement at the hospital, which I did and it was up for more than happy to, but unfortunately partway through, I then got COVID and um, became quite poorly and had to have a couple of weeks off, um, mainly just fatigue. But it meant that by the time I was due to return, I actually didn't feel emotionally in the right frame of mind. I remember the night before I was due to start, um, I felt anxious, I felt sick, I felt the temptation to call in sick, even though actually I knew physically I was up to it, it was a mental battle. In the morning I woke up and I felt like I was just hitting a mental brick wall to just get myself up and out of bed. I went and had my shower, I got ready, I went downstairs with my Bible and I just sat and I said to the Holy Spirit, I cannot do this, I need you to come, I need you to strengthen me and I just sat there quietly and within a few minutes where my body had been feeling like it was electrified, my nerves were on edge with anxiety, I just felt this calming wave come over me as the Holy Spirit came and met with me and the day was fine and I got back into the rhythm of it and he strengthened me and waiting on God doesn't mean it's a long period of time, sometimes it is, but sometimes it's just giving opportunity to meet with God and to express your needs to him. He, he does something deep within us and strengthens us. Jesus himself modelled the importance of having time away with God. He would often be up a mountainside or up overnight or up early in the morning to get time alone with God. He never specifically said we should have quiet times, but he did say, follow me. And that was what he did. So some practical pointers for waiting on God. 
take him up on his offer of strength. You could spend today, tomorrow, the next five years, 10 years, um, looking for strength from immediate reward, sugar, you know, feeling like we're just sitting on the sofa, watching TV, resting that way, but actually coming to him, saying, God, you say those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. He will honor his word as we come to him. Worship him. Isaiah 40 gives us plenty to go on, how God is the everlasting God, the creator. We can worship him, saying his word back to him. Also, I often find like when I have quiet times with God to put on a song, like Rachel said months ago in her preach, how sometimes we need to wake up our souls. That is one great way. And Deb's Messeg song um, that she wrote, Limitless, has just been a real gift actually um, within my quiet times and keeping my focus back on God. Spend time enjoying the Bible. The Holy Spirit hovers over the word. When we read it, it does something deep within us. In Hebrews, it talks about how it's a, the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword and it cuts through to joint and marrow deep within us. And one of the reasons we need it to do that is because we can hold hurts, rejection, lies that we believe about ourselves, betrayal, they can sit so far deep within us and they can weaken us. But God's word goes in and strengthens us at our very core. Spend time with people who reflect God and love you, who will encourage you to be growing in your relationship with him, to be encouraging you to bind your life with God, to wait on him. Also, meditate on God. Now, I'm not saying that is anything weird. I'm not even talking about any sort of humming or anything like that. What I mean by is just thinking on God, focusing on him. There's a quote by Charles, Charles Spurgeon, which it's a bit oldie wordy in places, but it's still pr very profound. And I have found it incredibly helpful. It says this, Oh, there is in contemplating Christ, a balm for every wound. In meditating on the Father, there is a quietening for every grief. And in the influence of the Holy Spirit, there is a balm for every sore. Would you lose your sorrow? Would you drown your cares? Then plunge yourself in, in the Godhead's deepest sea. Be lost in his immensity, and you should come forth as from a couch of rest, refreshed and invigorated. I know nothing that can so comfort the soul, so calm the billows of sorrow and grief, so speak peace to the winds of trial, as a devout meditation upon God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Waiting is not always easy. It can at times be painful. It can at times hurt and test our faith, but it does not come without reward. In, of course, there is the reward that we've talked about, strengthening us to face the day, strengthening us to live our lives in a way that is godly, entwined with God, knowing him walking with us but it also is a promise about the future. In Hebrews 9 verse 28, it says, Christ will appear a second time, not to bear sin, 
but to bring salvation to those who are waiting on him. Luke 12 verse 37 says, those who are ready and waiting for the master's return, which is Jesus, will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put an apron on and serve them as they sit and eat. As if Jesus has not done enough already for us, that when we are rejoined with him, he's going to serve us probably at the most extravagant, well, definitely the most extravagant, amazing banquet we will have ever experienced. What a great God. There is no greater treasure. There is no one who knows us better. There is no one who can sustain us as well as our God. He is our source of strength for each day. Entwine your lives with him, bind them with his, involve him in your every day and your strength will be renewed. Take hold of his promise that those who wait in the Lord will renew their strength. God bless. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.